After reciting the Tashahud Ta'auz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalib the Masih the Fifth, Ayyadullah Ta'ala ibn Aziz stated, Currently, incidents in the life of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu were being narrated, among which there were incidents related to battles. One such expedition was the Battle of Banu Quraida. Al-Waqdi has mentioned the names of the individuals who participated in the Battle of Banu Quraida, and according to this list, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu, and Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah anhu, participated in the Battle of Banu Quraiza from the tribe of Banu Taim. Abdul Rahman bin Ghanam relates, When the Holy Prophet wasalam, set off towards the Banu Quraiza, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu, and Hazrat Umar addressed the Holy Prophet wasalam, and said, O Messenger of Allah, if people see you dressed in a beautiful worldly garment, they will be more inclined towards accepting Islam. Hence, you should wear the garment that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah gave to you. You should wear it so that the disbelievers may see you dressed in a beautiful garment. The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, I will do so. By Allah, if both of you agree on a matter, I will not oppose your advice. Moreover, my Lord has mentioned your examples to me in the same manner that he mentioned the examples of angels Gabriel and Mikael. As far as Ibn Khattab is concerned, from among the angels, his example is like that of the angel Gabriel. Allah has destroyed the people among every nation through Gabriel, and from among the prophets, his example is like that of Prophet Noah, when he said, Rabbi la tadhar ala al-ardi min al-kafirina dayyara meaning, My Lord, leave not on the land a single dweller of the disbelievers. And from among the angels, the example of Ibn Abi Qahafa, 
i.e. Hazrat Abu Bakr's example, is like that of Angel Mikael, in that he seeks forgiveness for the people on earth. And from among the prophets, his example is like that of Prophet Abraham, who said, فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَنْ عَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ So, whoever follows me, he is certainly of me, and whoever disobeys me, thou art surely most forgiving, merciful. The Holy Prophet further said, If both of you agree on a certain matter, then I will not oppose your advice. Your conditions with regards to your advice is of different kinds, such as Gabriel, Mikhail, Noah and Abraham. There is a narration in relation to when the Holy Prophet had besieged the Banu Quraiza. It is mentioned that Aisha bint Saad relates from her father who said, The Holy Prophet said to me, O Saad, advance and shoot arrows at these people. I advanced ahead whereby they came in reach of my arrows. I had more than 50 arrows, which I shot in a matter of moments. It was as if our arrows were like a swarm of locusts. They fled inside and none of them peeked out. We became fearful regarding our arrows, lest they would all run out. Hence, we would shoot some of the arrows and keep some with us. Hazrat Kaab bin Amr Mazani was among the archers as well. He reports, On that day, I shot all the arrows that were in my quiver, to the extent that some part of the night passed by, at which point we stopped firing arrows at them. He continues to say, We had shot our arrows while the Holy Prophet was mounted on his horse. He was in his armour and other horse riders were around him. Then, when the Holy Prophet ﷺ permitted us, we returned to our resting grounds for the night. For food, we had dates sent by Hazrat Saad bin Obada, which were plentiful. We got by on those dates for the night. It was observed that the Holy Prophet ﷺ, Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar were also eating these dates. The Holy Prophet ﷺ would say, how excellent are dates for food. When Hazrat Saad bin Muaz gave his verdict for the fate of the Banu Quraiza, the Holy Prophet praised him and said, You have given a verdict according to the command of Allah. Upon this, Hazrat Saad prayed, O oh Allah, if it is your decree that the Holy Prophet will have to fight another war against the Quraysh, then keep me alive for it. However, if it is your decree that the wars between the Holy Prophet and the Quraysh have ceased, then take my life. Hazrat Aisha anha narrates, Hazrat Saad's wound opened, even though he had completely healed and only a small mark of the wound remained. He then returned to the tent that the Holy Prophet arranged for him. Hazrat Aisha continues, the Holy Prophet Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar came to him. I swear by him in whose possession is the life of Muhammad 
وسلم, that I could hear and distinguish the sounds of Hazrat Abu Bakr's and Hazrat Umar's cries despite being in my separate tent. In other words, when Hazrat Saad was breathing his last, both of them were crying. I was in my tent and their condition was such that has been mentioned by Allah the Almighty in the following words, Ruhama ubaynahum. In other words, they are tender among themselves. In reference to the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, it is recorded, and as has been mentioned in previous sermons, that the Holy Prophet saw a dream in which he and his companions were performing circuits of the Holy Kaaba. On the basis of this dream, the Holy Prophet along with a party of 1400 companions set forth from Medina to perform Umrah. He set out early morning in the beginning of Dhul Qa'dah, 6 Hijri. When the Holy Prophet realized that the Quraysh were preparing to prevent him from entering into Makkah, the Holy Prophet sought the counsel of his companions. Hazrat Abu Bakr humbly submitted, O Messenger of Allah, we have only come to perform Umrah. We have not come to engage in battle with anyone. My suggestion is that we continue on our route to our destination, and if anyone hinders our path to the Holy Kaaba, then we will fight against them. On the occasion of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, when negotiations with representatives of the Quraysh began, Urwa came to the Holy Prophet and said, O Muhammad, tell me, if you are intending to destroy your own people, do you know of anyone else before you amongst the Arabs who destroyed their own? If the second instance comes to pass, in other words, if the Quraysh are victorious, then by God, I see the faces of your companions who have gathered from here and there. They will run away and leave you. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr addressed Urwa bin Mas'ud and said sternly, Go back from here and kiss your idol Lat, that is to say, go and continue worshipping it. Upon this, Urwa asked, Who was that? The people told him that it was Hazrat Abu Bakr. Urwa replied, By him in whose hands is my life, if I was not indebted to you owing to your favour upon me, I would have surely responded to you. Hazrat Abu Bakr once assisted Urwa by giving him ten pregnant she-camels when he had to pay blood money in some matter. Nonetheless, this is what Urwa said and then continued discussing terms with the Holy Prophet During the occasion of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, a pact was being drawn up between the Holy Prophet and the Quraysh. Hazrat Umar states, I went to the Holy Prophet and asked, In reality, are you not the Prophet of Allah? He replied, Yes. I then asked, Do we not stand on the truth? And does our enemy not stand on falsehood? The Holy Prophet answered, Yes. I asked, 
then why should we accept such humiliating conditions with regards to our religion? The Holy Prophet then stated, I am the Messenger of Allah, and I shall not disobey him. He shall grant me his help. That is to say, if I accept these conditions, I am not disobeying the command of Allah the Almighty, and he shall help me. I, i.e. Hazrat Umar then asked, Did you not say that we shall soon reach the house of Allah and perform the circuit around it? The Holy Prophet said, Indeed, I did say so. But did I say that we will reach the house of Allah this year? The Holy Prophet told him, I did not say that we would certainly reach the house of Allah this year. Hazrat Umar states, I replied, No. The Holy Prophet stated, you shall most certainly reach the house of Allah and perform the circuits around it. Having heard this, I went to Hazrat Abu Bakr and said to him, O Abu Bakr, is the Holy Prophet not truly the Prophet of Allah? He replied, Yes, of course. I then asked, Do we not stand on the truth and our enemy on falsehood? He replied, Yes, of course. I then asked, then why should we accept such humiliating conditions with regards to our religion? Hazrat Abu Bakr then said, O servant of God, indeed the Holy Prophet is the Messenger of Allah. Messengers do not disobey the commands of their Lord, and Allah shall most certainly help him. He repeated almost the same words which the Holy Prophet had said. Hazrat Abu Bakr then said to Hazrat Umar, Adhere firmly to the pact of the Holy Prophet By Allah, the Prophet is truthful. I then asked, Did the Holy Prophet not used to tell us that we shall indeed reach the house of Allah and perform the circuits around it? Hazrat Abu Bakr answered, Of course. But did the Holy Prophet mention that we shall reach this very year? I answered, no. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr said, you shall certainly reach there and perform circuits around it. The narrator Zuhri relates that Hazrat Umar would say, I have carried out a number of good deeds as an expiation for this one mistake. This has been taken from Sahih al-Bukhari. Whilst mentioning the details of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib writes, Urwa presented himself before the Holy Prophet and began to have a discussion with him. The Holy Prophet reiterated the same address which he had previously given to Budail bin Warqa. In principle, Urwa was at accord with the viewpoint of the Holy Prophet but in order to fulfill his duty as an ambassador of the Quraysh, and in order to secure as many rights as possible in favor of the Quraysh, he began to say, O Muhammad, in this war, if you annihilate your people, then have you ever heard the name of any man among the Arabs who has committed such cruelty before you? If, however, the matter goes the other way, i.e. the Quraysh become dominant, then by God, I see such faces around you who shall not take long to flee for all of them shall leave you. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr, who was sitting next to the Holy Prophet ﷺ, became furious and said, Be gone, 
and go and kiss your idol Lot. Do you say that we shall abandon the Messenger of God? Lot was a famous idol of the Banu Saqif, and the intent of Hazrat Abu Bakr was to express, You are such people who worship idols, and we are ones to worship God. Is it possible that while you show patience and steadfastness for the sake of idols, we who believe in God should be ones to abandon the Messenger of God? Urwa asked in an outrage, Who is this person who interrupts me? The people said, This is Abu Bakr. Upon hearing the name of Abu Bakr, Urwa lowered his gaze in shame and said, O Abu Bakr, by God, were it not for the favour you did upon me. It is mentioned here that on one occasion, Urwa was pressed by a heavy debt and Hazrat Abu Bakr paid off this debt and saved him. Upon this statement, I surely would have told you how best to retort. It is recorded in a narration from Bukhari that on the occasion of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, a treaty was being formed between the Holy Prophet and the Quraysh and the conditions had been settled. At that time, Hazrat Abu Jandal, son of Suhail bin Amr, came staggering while still shackled in chains. Suhail bin Amr, who had come as an ambassador of Makkah, demanded that he be returned upon which the Holy Prophet returned him to the Quraysh. Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib details this incident, which also includes mention of Hazrat Umar's discussion with the Holy Prophet in which he asked that if he was the true Prophet of Allah the Almighty, then why would they have to lower themselves in this manner? In other words, Hazrat Umar spoke in this way because he felt that Abu Jandal was being treated unjustly. The Muslims were witnessing this scene of the injustice with Abu Jandal. And in religious indignation, their eyes became gorged with rage. But out of respect, they remained silent before the Holy Prophet Finally, Hazrat Umar could bear it no more. He came to the Holy Prophet and inquired in a trembling voice, Are you not the truthful messenger of Allah? The Holy Prophet said, Yes, indeed I am. Umar responded, Are we not upon the truth and our enemy upon falsehood? The Holy Prophet responded, Yes, indeed it is so. Hazrat Umar said, Why then should we bear this humiliation in the matter of our true religion? Upon seeing the state of Hazrat Umar, the Holy Prophet concisely said, Look hither, Umar, I am the messenger of God. I understand the will of God and I cannot act against it. And it is he who shall be my helper. But the indignation in the mood of Hazrat Umar was growing moment by moment. He began to say, Did you not say that we would perform the tawaf around the Kaaba? The Holy Prophet said, Yes, indeed, I did. But did I also say that this tawaf would definitely be this year? Umar said, No, you did not. The Holy Prophet then responded, Then be patient. God willing, you shall indeed enter Makkah and perform the tawaf of the Kaaba. However, 
in this state of emotion, Hazrat Umar was not satisfied. Nonetheless, due to the extraordinary awe of the Holy Prophet Hazrat Umar left and came to Hazrat Abu Bakr. In his emotion, he asked the same question again and Hazrat Abu Bakr also responded in the same way as the Holy Prophet. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr also advised him, O Umar, look hither, control yourself. Do not allow for your grip to loosen from the rope of Allah's Messenger. By God, this man in whose hand we have given our own is without a doubt truthful. Hazrat Umar said that at the time, because of his emotion, he said such things, but later he felt exceedingly repentant. Moreover, in order to wash away the effects of this weakness as a form of repentance, he offered many voluntary acts as an expiation. In other words, he gave charity, fasted, offered voluntary prayers, and even freed numerous slaves so that this blemish or weakness could be cleansed. Whilst mentioning the incidents surrounding the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, Hazrat Muslim anhu states, When the disbelievers of Makkah learned that the Holy Prophet had set out to perform tawaf of the Kaaba, they sent a chief to him in order to tell him that he could not perform tawaf that year. The chief reached the Holy Prophet and began conversing with him. In the midst of the conversation, he touched the Holy Prophet's blessed beard and asked him not to perform tawaf that year and postpone his plans for another year. As a Muslim Aud continues, It is common practice among people of Asia to touch the beard of a person whom they wish to convince of a matter as a plea, or they touch their own beard to say, Look here, I am an elder and a leader of my people, therefore accept what I am saying. Hence, the chief touched the beard of the Holy Prophet as an appeal. Seeing this, a companion stepped forward and struck his hand with the handle of his sword, saying to the chief, Move your impure hands. The chief recognized the person who struck him with the handle of his sword and said, Are you not the same person for whom I did a favor on such and such occasion? Hearing this, the companion fell silent and moved away. Again, as an entreaty, the chief touched the Holy Prophet's beard. The companion said that it enraged them to see the chief touch the Holy Prophet's beard in such a manner. However, there was none among them for whom this chief has not done some sort of favor. At that time, their heart desire to find someone whom the chief had not favoured. In the meantime, one of them stepped forward who was clad in armour from head to toe and he passionately addressed the chief saying, Remove your impure hand. The person who said this was Hazrat Abu Bakr. When the chief recognised him, he said, I cannot say anything to you for I have no favour upon you. In Dhul Qada 6 Hijri, when the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was being written, this is based on the life and character of the seal of the Prophets. There were two copies made of the treaty, and various notable people from both sides signed their names on them as witnesses. From the side of the Muslims, the names of those who signed are Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas. Hazrat Abu Abaydah bin Al-Jarrah Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu used to say that there was no greater victory in Islam than the Treaty of Hudaybiyah.
Hazrat Abu Bakr also took part in the expedition of Banu Fuzara. In this regard, it is recorded that this expedition took place in 6 Hijri. The Banu Fuzara resided in Najd and the valley of Qura. In Atabqat al-Kubra and Sirat ibn Hisham, it is recorded that this expedition was commanded by Hazrat Zayd bin Haritha. However, according to narrations in Sahih Muslim and Sunan Abi Daud, the Holy Prophet appointed Hazrat Abu Bakr as the leader of this expedition. In a narration from Sahih Muslim, it is recorded on account of Ayas bin Salama, whose father told him, We fought against the Fuzara tribe and our leader was Hazrat Abu Bakr. The Holy Prophet appointed him as our leader. Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib has also mentioned this expedition and states, Following this, the Holy Prophet dispatched an army of companions towards the Banu Fuzara under the command of Hazrat Abu Bakr At that time, this tribe was at war with the Muslims. Salama bin Akwa, a famous archer and trained runner, was also part of this army. Salama bin Akwa narrates that they reached close to the settlement of this tribe around the time of the morning Salat. When they had completed the Salat, Hazrat Abu Bakr issued forth the command to attack. In fighting the Fuzara tribe, they reached near their water well. Many of the idolatrous people were killed, after which they fled from the field of battle and they imprisoned many men. Salama narrates that among the group of people that fled was a party of women and children who were quickly moving towards a nearby mountain. He began to shoot arrows between the mountain and them, upon which this party became frightened and stopped, and they imprisoned them. Among these prisoners was an elderly lady who had covered herself with a mantle of red skin. She also had a beautiful daughter with her. He surrounded these people and brought them before Hazrat Abu Bakr who entrusted this girl to his guardianship. When they later reached Medina, the Holy Prophet took this girl from him and sent her to Makkah. And in lieu, he sought the freedom of a few Muslim prisoners who had been detained by the people of Makkah. With regards to the Battle of Khaybar, it is written that the Holy Prophet departed for Khaybar in the month of Muharram 7 Hijri. Khaybar was an oasis situated 184 kilometers north of Medina. It has a series of hillocks composed of basalt rocks. The Jews had constructed many fortresses here and the ruins of some still exist today. The Muslims conquered these fortresses in the Battle of Khaybar. This area was very fertile and the largest central place for the Jews. The Holy Prophet appointed Sibah bin Urfata Ghifari as Amir of Medina in his absence. 
the siege of the fortresses in Khaybar lasted more than 10 days. Hazrat Buraida narrates that the Holy Prophet would suffer from migraines and as a result would not come outside for a day or two. Thus, when the Holy Prophet reached Khaybar, he was suffering from a migraine and so he did not come out before the people. Dard Shikika is a migraine. The Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq towards the fortress of Qutiba. Hazrat Abu Bakr took the flag of the Holy Prophet and launched a fierce attack against the enemy. A ferocious battle ensued. After the battle he returned, but they had not gained complete victory despite their utmost effort. Then the Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Umar. He also took the Holy Prophet's flag and fought vigorously and even more fierce than before. But even he returned without having secured victory. In most books of history and biographies, it is mentioned that Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar were made commanders of the army one after another. However, they could not conquer the fortress. However, there is a book titled Sayyidna Siddiq Akbar, which was published in February 2010 from Lahore. The people signed for research have written to me about it. In the book, the author claims that the fortress was conquered by Hazrat Abu Bakr, but he did not give a reference for it. Nonetheless, the author says that Hazrat Abu Bakr was appointed as commander-in-chief of the army to conquer one fort, and he succeeded. And then Hazrat Umar was assigned to conquer a fort, and he also succeeded. A third fort was assigned to Muhammad bin Maslama, but he could not succeed in conquering it. The Holy Prophet then said, Tomorrow I will appoint the commander-in-chief and hand the flag to the one who is dear to Allah and his messenger, and he will conquer the fortress. The Holy Prophet gave the flag to Hazrat Ali, and he conquered the Kamu's fort. There is a narration of Al-Waqdi regarding the Battle of Khaybar. As people read history written by him, therefore I will mention it. But it is not necessary that everything is absolutely correct. Nonetheless, he writes, During the Battle of Khaybar, a companion, Hazrat Habbab bin Munzir, said to the Holy Prophet O Messenger of Allah The Jews hold their date palm trees dearer to them than their own children. You should cut down those trees. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ordered for the trees to be cut down and the Muslims rushed to cut down the trees. This incident up to here does not seem to be completely accurate. However, the next part seems to be correct. He writes, Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr went to the Holy Prophet and said, O Messenger of Allah undoubtedly Allah the Exalted has promised victory to you at Khaybar and He will fulfill His promise to you. Do not cut down the trees. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ordered for them to stop cutting the trees and a crier made this announcement. When Allah the Almighty granted the Holy Prophet victory in Khaybar, he distributed a special valley called Qutiba 
between his relatives, the women of his family, and also amongst the Muslim men and women. On this occasion, aside from his other relatives, the Holy Prophet gave 100 wasak of grain and dates to Hazrat Abu Bakr. One wasak is equal to 60 sa, and one sa is approximately 2.5 kg, and so approximately 375 man, which is a unit of measurement in the subcontinent, was given to Hazrat Abu Bakr. With regards to Hazrat Abu Bakr being sent on an expedition towards Najd, it is written that Najd was a fertile region in the desert. It contains many mountains and valleys. To the south of it was Yemen, and to the north was the Syrian desert and Iraq. To the west lies the Hijaz Desert. This area was 1200 meters above sea level, and owing to this elevation, this area became known as Najd. In Najd, the Banu Kilab began making preparations against the Muslims, and so the Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Abu Bakr in order to quash this threat. This expedition took place in Shaban 7 Hijri. Hazrat Salama bin Akwa narrates that the Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Abu Bakr and appointed him the commander over them. After the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, when Abu Sufyan returned to Makkah, it is written that the Banu Bakr, who were allies of the Quraysh, attacked the Banu Khuza'a, who were allies of the Muslims. And this was against the conditions of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Completely disregarding the conditions of the treaty, the Quraysh assisted the Banu Bakr with weapons and mounts. They said with great pride and arrogance that they do not recognize any treaty. Upon this, Abu Sufyan came to Medina and wished to renew the terms of the treaty. He went to see the Holy Prophet but the Holy Prophet did not respond to anything he said. Abu Sufyan then went to Hazrat Abu Bakr and asked him to speak to the Holy Prophet. However, he refused, saying, I will not do such a thing. Subsequently, as was mentioned in the accounts of Hazrat Umar, Abu Sufyan went to Hazrat Umar, but he also refused, and he returned unsuccessful. The conquest of Makkah, which is also known as Ghazwa al-Fatul Azim, took place in Ramadan 8 Hijri. In Tariq al-Tabari, it is written that when the Holy Prophet ordered the people to begin preparations, he told his family to make provisions for him. Hazrat Abu Bakr went to his daughter, Hazrat Aisha, and at the time, she was making provisions for the Holy Prophet Hazrat Abu Bakr asked, O oh my daughter, has the Messenger of Allah ordered you to make provisions? To this she replied in the affirmative. He asked her, Where do you think the Holy Prophet is intending to go? Hazrat Aisha replied, I do not know at all. Then the Holy Prophet informed the people that they were heading towards Makkah and that they ought to make preparations immediately. He then prayed, O oh Allah, may you keep the spies and informants of the Quraysh heedless of this to the extent whereby we reach their area without them knowing. Upon this, the people began preparations. Elaborating further upon this incident, it is written in Sirat al-Halabiyah. Whilst Hazrat Abu Bakr was inquiring from Hazrat Aisha, 
the Holy Prophet arrived. Hazrat Abu Bakr asked the Holy Prophet, O Messenger of Allah, are you intending to travel? The Holy Prophet replied in the affirmative. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted, Shall I also make preparations? The Holy Prophet replied in the affirmative again. Hazrat Abu Bakr inquired, O Messenger of Allah, where are you intending to travel? The Holy Prophet stated, to fight against the Quraysh. But Abu Bakr, keep this confidential. He told him, but also said to keep this fact confidential. The Holy Prophet instructed the people to make preparations. However, he did not disclose to them where he was going. Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted, O Messenger of Allah, does not the time period of the pact and treaty between us and the Quraysh still remain? The Holy Prophet replied, Yes, but they have dishonoured their treaty and broke it. But you must keep everything I have said to you confidential. In another narration, it states that Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted, O Messenger of Allah, وسلم, do you intend to set out on a journey? The Holy Prophet replied in the affirmative. Hazrat Abu Bakr stated, Perhaps you intend to travel towards the Banu Asfar, i.e. the Byzantines. The Holy Prophet replied, No. Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted, Do you plan to travel towards Najd? Again, the Holy Prophet stated, No. Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted, O Messenger of Allah, perhaps you intend to travel towards the Quraysh. The Holy Prophet replied in the affirmative. Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted, O Messenger of Allah, the time period of the peace treaty established between you and them still remains. The Holy Prophet stated, Do you not know what they have done to the Banu Kaab, i.e. the Banu Khuzar? Thereafter, the Holy Prophet sent a message to the neighboring villages and Muslims and stated, Whoever believes in Allah the Almighty and the Day of Judgment should gather in Medina in the month of Ramadan. Upon this instruction of the Holy Prophet, various tribes of Arabia began to converge in Medina. Amongst the tribes which arrived in Medina was the Banu Aslam, Banu Ghafar, Banu Muzaina, Banu Ashja, and Banu Juhayna. At the time, the Holy Prophet prayed, O Allah, stop the informants and spies of the Quraysh so that we can reach their areas without them knowing. The Holy Prophet then stationed various parties along the entire way in order to gather information of anyone who passed by. The Holy Prophet instructed them that if any stranger passed by them, they should stop him and the Quraysh should not learn of the preparations being made by the Muslims. Whilst mentioning the details of this incident, Hazrat Muslimaud states, The Holy Prophet once addressed one of his wives and said, prepare my provisions for a journey. She began to make preparations for his travels. He then told Hazrat Aisha to roast some seeds and grains for him. These were the kind of provisions that typically consisted of in those days. Thus, she began to sift out any dust or dirt from the seeds. Hazrat Abu Bakr came to visit his daughter at home and saw these preparations and asked Hazrat Aisha, what is happening? Is the Holy Prophet preparing for a journey? She replied, It seems to be so. Because the Holy Prophet told us to make preparations for travel. Hazrat Abu Bakr inquired, 
if there were plans for a battle, but she replied, I do not know. The Holy Prophet just told us to make preparations for travel, and that is what we are doing. Two to three days later, the Holy Prophet called upon Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar and told them that some men from the Khuzar tribe came and related the details of an incident that took place. The Holy Prophet said, God has informed me of the incident beforehand, that they would commit treason, and we have made a covenant with them. It would go against our faith to now become fearful and not prepare for combat after witnessing the bravery and strength of the Meccans. We will have to go there. So what is your opinion on the matter? Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted, O Messenger of Allah, you have entered into a covenant with them, and they are your own people. In other words, would he fight against his own people? The Holy Prophet then said, We will not fight our people. We will fight those who have violated the covenant. The Holy Prophet then asked Hazrat Umar, who submitted, In Allah's name, I would pray every day that we might see this day when we could fight the disbelievers in defense of the Holy Prophet The Holy Prophet said, Abu Bakr is very soft-natured, but Umar is more frank in his speech. The Holy Prophet continued, Make preparations. Then the Holy Prophet had an announcement made in the surrounding tribes that everyone who believes in Allah and His Messenger should congregate in Medina in the beginning days of Ramadan. Thus, they started to gather to the extent that an army enumerating many thousands of men was organized and they had set out for war. When the Holy Prophet was about to set out, he stated, O Allah, I supplicate to you that may you cause a covering upon the ears of the Meccans and upon the eyes of their spies, so that neither they will see us nor hear about us. Thereafter, the Holy Prophet departed, and despite the fact that there were many hypocrites in Medina, and an army of 10,000 men had just departed, no news of this reached the people of Makkah. These indeed are the works of Allah the Almighty. It is written in a tabqat by Ibn Sa'd that the Muslim army reached Mar al-Zahran at Isha. Mar al-Zahran is 25 kilometers from Makkah in the direction of Medina. In other words, it is 25 kilometers from Makkah. According to the instruction of the Holy Prophet, the companions lit a fire in 10,000 different places. Though the news of the Muslim army's departure had not reached the Quraysh, nonetheless, they were worried on account of having to fight against the Muslims. Although they did not receive the news, the Quraysh thought that they would now have to fight, and this is why they were fearful. It seems here that the word no has been incorrectly written here. In fact, they had received news of their departure after they arrived there, i.e. in Mara Zahran. When the Muslims set up camp, and lit up fire in 10,000 different places, the Quraysh sent Abu Sufyan to gather information. They stated that if he were to meet the Holy Prophet, he should enter into a peace treaty. And so Abu Sufyan bin Harb, Hakim bin Hizam, and Budail bin Warqa left, and when they saw the Muslim army, they became greatly worried. The Holy Prophet 
had appointed Hazrat Umar to oversee those standing guard that night. When Hazrat Abbas heard the voice of Abu Sufyan, he stated, O Abu Hanzala, this was the title of Abu Sufyan. Upon this, Abu Sufyan responded, I am here. Abu Sufyan then asked Hazrat Abbas, What is this behind you? Hazrat Abbas replied, It is the Messenger of Allah, along with 10,000 of his people. Hazrat Abbas then granted him refuge and took him and his two companions before the Holy Prophet, and all three accepted Islam. This incident will continue to be mentioned in future, God willing. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah,